BBR Modcast, your podcast for all things Baptist Review. My name is Luis E. Sosa Torres, a.k.a. Luis Sosa, a.k.a. that one Puerto Rican guy in the group. I am joined by my co-hosts, J.R. Thompson Phillips and Graham Jackson. Yes, uh, I'm I'm Jr. Uh, I'm the guy that people mostly argue about. I'm very pedantic. I'm right now a student in New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and this is about my third attempt to have a podcast. Graham, tell us something about yourself. Howdy, folks. This is Graham. Uh, I uh, am the other guy you're probably arguing about or with in the group. Um, I am from North Carolina, good old Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, I go to Summit Church. Uh, we've been there for about eight years, and I uh, was attending Sebets, uh, or Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, for, I packed my four-year degree into ten years, still didn't finish it, but uh, we're, we're still working on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Luis, as you guys already know, I'm sort of like the token Hispanic in the, in the administration of the, of the review. Uh, I live in Juan Adias, Puerto Rico, and I am currently attending a non-denominational church over here in the city. Uh, I work uh, ministry in different uh, contexts over here. I work with youth. I work with the uh, general church. And I just love uh, I just love the word of God. And I'm currently uh, discerning a call into ministry and in seminary. And I'm the guy that pretty much apologizes to whoever you call a heretic in the group. When uh, in the group, when someone says heretic, I just ask which uh, creed uh, that the person has violated, and I never get an answer. I don't think anyone has read our rules or regulations. Yeah, I think it violated the Apollo Creed. <laughs> the Apollo Creed. Yeah, man. Like for, for real though, you should. If someone isn't denying the deity of Christ in the group, you probably shouldn't be calling them a heretic. Just so you know, putting that Unless out there. <laughs> yeah, the Hensler. There's the only one heretic, and that's Matt Hensley. Yeah, that is what that is our one heretic that we allow in the group, and we and he's crept his way into the administration of the group for some reason. He came in guns blazing, talking about thousands of waffles eaten, and in two or three days, climbed his way into the administration and has been corrupting the group ever since. We love you, Matt. So, um, what is, what is... Yeah, that waffles is impressive. Oh, waffles are Yeah, amazing. man, that waffle streak, honestly, like, ever since I've followed Matt on Instagram, my Instagram is a daily waffle. <laughs> so, what is the goal for this modcast, uh, Luis? Do we lose him? Okay, Luis, what is the purpose of this podcast today? Thanks for your question. See, the, the whole purpose of the TBR Modcast is to be able to sort of connect with the group on a deeper level to let the people know that their moderators and their ad, and their admins aren't just uh, fingers behind a uh, keyboard screen. They're actually people and that we actually have our own opinions and, and things that we go through and our and just, you know, a bit, it's a bit more of a human experience for us. And we can discuss things that are going on in TBR. We can discuss hot fun topics. Uh, and we can just have fun uh, as uh, members of the Baptist Review. So, uh, 
we got a couple of topics that we have on hand for today's uh, modcast. And the first topic is a uh, very non-controversial, very, uh, very widely accepted statement that came out. Uh, you may have heard of it. I don't know if you guys have actually heard of this a very vanilla thing that went out called the Nashville Statement. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, it got maybe like three signatures. Yeah, something like that. Right? It doesn't sound very important at all. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. well, basically, I know, in a nutshell. I know that, if I would have read it, I would have had a problem with it. Yeah, like when I when somebody sent me the national statement on Facebook, I I read through it. I thought it was going to be longer. It was just twelve affirmations and twelve denials, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty much what evangelicals have believed since the dawn of Christianity. So I was like, yeah, this couldn't be controversial in any way, but. For some reason, evangelical Twitter, Baptist Twitter, and pretty much just Twitter in general was set up in flames over the statement. Do you guys want to theorize on why this happened? Well, it's it's the cultural uh, gong to beat today. So anything that you say that it affirms the you know nuclear family that we have, nuclear style family, whatever you, you call that in, in Southern Baptist life today and in life in general. Um, that's just the new gong to beat. Um, it, I mean, I don't even remember when it really got popular to do so. Um, but that just seems to me how everything is going today. So if you say anything that is against homosexuality or just saying we affirm, you know, the biblical statement of, of marriage between a man and a woman, then it's just easy to go ahead and label you a bigot. How do you feel about the statement, JR? Um, well, I've interacted with a couple of people on TBR today and in our uh, group chat. I love the statement. I gave it a B plus, A minus, uh, just to be honest. I think it should have said and explicitly, and I think this would have went a long way uh, for the culture outside of Christianity if we would have affirmed loving people who are LGBTQ or uh, same-sex attractive. It, it said these people are human beings made in the image of God and it's our job as a church to love our to love our neighbors and they're our neighbors and then we deny that you know we are for we are for homosexuality or something like that but I think it would have went a long way if we would have said something like that. Yeah, I actually completely agree with you. I mean, the thing about uh, certain documents, when they're written by people deep into Christian academia or in the world like, you know, CBMW and the like, it's sort of easy to fall back on Christianese. It's sort of easy to sort of, you know, uh, throw a blanket statement like somebody being made in the image of God and it's easy for evangelicals to understand what that means. It's easy for Christians to understand what, you know, imago Dei means for loving someone. But the truth is, this isn't a document written strictly for evangelicals. I would argue that it's a document written for the world in general uh, to be read, sort of like, you know, there's this, been this shift in culture 
but we're letting the world know this is where Christian where Christians stand, and this is what we believe and what we affirm about homosexuality and the new hot button topic, which is transgenderism, uh, are right now as as the church. And I believe that uh, maybe what Jr. Uh, said to be a bit more explicit in the use of words like love and uh, and, and certain things like that would have gone a, a bit of a long way. But all in all, I think it's a good statement. Uh, it's a good and timely statement, contrary to what uh, other people have been saying. You know, uh, one of the main accusations was, "Oh, how could they do this uh, when when Hurricane Harvey just devastated Houston? Like, are they tone deaf or any?" No, it's not like Christians are tone deaf. I mean, the SBC was behind, is partly behind this document. And we all know that NAM is actually doing a very good job at trying to help out people over at Houston. Uh, we're not sort of like a one-topic to- one uh, faith. We are doing things for the community, but we're also not stopping in affirming what we believe. Is that right? I, I think that's correct. Um Yes, I, I do think it's unfortunate that the statement came out coinciding with Hurricane Harvey, uh, but I don't. At the end of the day, I don't think it. I think it's still a statement that needed to be made. Why are you? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, what I found interesting, one of the critiques when I, I looked through the the hashtag Nashville statement uh, when it was posted, and I could have done without that. Uh, but one of the critiques that I saw was if a room full of uh, white people had, you know, um, uh, di- disavowed uh, racism, that would be a topic. And I'm like, uh, the SBC happened like, what, three months ago? And we kind of had a giant, <laughs> um, oh, what's the word? Kerfuffle? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we had a giant kerfuffle. Uh, over that already and it was like that literally just happened so you have to be completely ignorant of of history of even recent history um to say something like that yeah yeah and just it's ridiculous to say that we didn't speak out on that because we got bashed for speaking out on that too like, like, oh, the the Southern Baptist Convention's a bunch of bigots because they talk about race. The Southern and they don't talk about sexuality. And then they're like, the Southern Baptist Convention's a bunch of bigots because they talk about sexuality and they don't talk about race. Like, what do what do they want? Do they want a blanket statement where we just basically affirm everything people will do ever? We have that. It's called the Bible. <laughs> Homosexuality or transgenderism. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. that that totally depends on your interpretation, Lewis. <laughs> oh yeah, that definitely. I mean, is, is is the Bible inerrant at all? Like, come on, bro. Of course, I am kidding. Please do not crucify me. Uh, and speaking of Hurricane Harvey and flip flops and timing, Joel Osteen. Uh, the known prosperity gospel preacher uh, got into some pretty hot water over certain statements about closing down the church towards uh, refugees in the midst of the flooding of Hurricane Harvey. 
Uh, social media went abuzz. Everybody was talking more uh, trash about Osteen than usual. And then things changed. JR, can you talk to us about that a little bit more? <laughs> about how uh, Joel Osteen's church was church was collecting um, stuff to send to give to uh, survivors and Jolestein came out and said that if his church was needed to be a shelter he would open it up to be a shelter uh, yeah a couple of things did change but what yeah but I think I think that this whole Joel Osteen fiasco sort of opened up uh, a, a can of worms that has been closed ever since since the election finished about fake hashtag fake news and stuff like that where we sort of like just hit a share button on something our own preconceptions before we actually like confirm if it's true yeah i agree uh it, it's really some of the the articles uh the source is just not a great source when your article that you're posting has under it you know all these ads about how to lose weight by eating coconut oil, like, you should probably not trust that source as a good source for news. And good on, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name now who posted that in our group, and then he, he actually took it down, he apologized to us and said um, that we, we were right and that, you know, he shouldn't have shared it so hastily, and I agree with him, and uh, props to him. Um, I totally don't remember who it was because I'm terrible with names, but props to you, dude. Um, but yeah, that whole whole thing it was blown way out of proportion. And yeah, we all know that Osteen is a wolf. Like, let's just put that out on the table and make sure everybody knows that none of us agree, none of us think that uh, Osteen is in any way um, sharing a proper gospel. But at the same yeah. time, we do have to be fair to him. Um, because we would want the same for us if that was our church and our position. Like if this was happening, and I, my, I, I have the good old Garner education. I don't know my geology, my geography at all. See, I almost called it geology. That's how smart I am. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far Village Church is from uh, Lakewood, but if this was happening at Village Church, we would be fighting tooth and nail to make sure they were being treated properly, um, or at least most of us would. Um, so I just, yeah, I completely just agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, like, Joe Osteen said, came out and said that if his, if his church was needed to be a shelter, it would be. And, like, putting some people, putting some people in a room and then making a, making a 16,000-person building a shelter are two different things. And I think mm -hmm. that they have to be prepared for what's going on. I did post in TBR that the internet just found out or Twitter just found out about Joel Osteen and it's hilarious. And that wasn't me condemning Joel Osteen. That was me saying that people were saying funny things in condemnation of Joel Osteen. And that is me yeah. being pedantic. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. That was hilarious. Um, yeah. Because there's like, oh yeah guys, we've been saying that for a little long time, but it just took us down, which kind of sucks that it was like all this fake news stuff that took it to, because of course the, you know, a lie gets around the world faster than the truth can put on its shoes. Um, <laughs> that statement was brought true, and unfortunately we had to learn that from Joel Osteen, of all people. Yeah, I mean, at least we finally learned something about the gospel from Joel Osteen, which is something that we did not know could happen in our lifetimes. There you go. There you go. Silver linings, people. Silver linings. <laughs>
And uh, another really interesting topic that was brought by none other than Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. J.R., uh, was about mere Christianity. J.R., what is mere Christianity? Isn't that just a book by C.S. Lewis? Okay, okay. I did not bring up the controversy. Someone asked about it, and I was willing to defend the position. This is this is mere Christianity, as I understand it, in a nutshell. An apologetic method that explains uh, that explains Christ to people through the cross. So through the cross and understanding the Bible as history. So if I was to if I was to interact with someone and they would say, "How do you know the Bible is true?" I would say, I would say, this is how we, this is how we mark history. Generally, is true. This is what, this is the criteria the Bible meets. Oh, by the way, the Bible says Jesus died and rose again, and he predicted his own death, and he called himself the Messiah. So, mere Christianity, the the thrust of it is to establish historicity of the Bible to say that the Bible is a reliable document, so people can see and identify the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, it, but with that said, mere Christianity is not is not an overall mindset of Christianity. It's an initial apologetic. So I'm not using mere Christianity in my church to tell my church about God. That is why I'm telling non-believers about God. But keep but y'all talk about it. <laughs> so I'm I'm not privy to all the. Uh, names and understandings of apologetics, um, but I, this sounds pretty familiar, and someone can correct me if it's wrong, but it sounds pretty familiar to um, Bodie Bauckham's way of doing apologetics. Um, I heard it, heard him explain it to uh, people this way one time, and I thought that really resonated with me, and I like the, the argument, and basically what he said was, if um, two knights meet on a battlefield, and uh, they're about ready to fight, and one knight draws his sword, the other knight says, I don't believe in thine sword. So, at this point, you have two options. Either A, you can try and convince them that your sword is real through metallurgy and blacksmithing and all that, or you can cut them with it. <laughs> yeah. And he'll either die or he'll believe. And that's kind yeah. of how he treats the Bible. Like, he's like, I don't have to, I don't have to know, um, he, to an extent, I don't have to know all the ins and outs of, of all other worldviews in order to argue my worldview biblically. All I have to know is know my Bible and the apologetics of the Bible well. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of a... I think, and the hardcore reformed people in the group can sort of correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think that's the presuppositional approach to apologetics which is very popular with with the reformed crowd where you sort of like prove the bible through evidence because you basically just say that evidence is pretty subjective anyway presuppose the bible to be true and from there on you establish your apologetic mm-hmm. yeah your christianity I, I i feel like near christianity as a as a tool for apologetics, I don't. I'm not sort of the, the person that will just marry one method. I just feel like anything that can help me sort of like prove to someone or bring someone to uh, a, a, a certain knowledge of the Word of God, a certain uh, 
at least acknowledgement of their own faith in their worldview, that their worldview is not undeniable, that it's not categorically uh, true or more perfect than my worldview. I just feel like that's just a good tool. If we can use the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a, a logical a breakdown of how the resurrection pretty much just proves the rest of the Bible. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. It just become a center. Yeah, absolutely. The, the problem is, and the problem I kept interacting with on that post is people kept saying stuff like, kept saying stuff like, well, you're, well, you're throwing away inerrancy. And I'm like, no, I'm not throwing away inerrancy. The only way, the only way to, uh, to have mere Christianity is to establish the historicity of the Bible. If you establish the historicity of the Bible, uh, you're using the Bible as a tool to prove the resurrection of Jesus. They also said stuff like, well, well, you know, you have to, you, Christianity is about more than the resurrection. You know, uh, you had to convince them of all this other stuff too. I'm like, yes, Christianity is about much more than the resurrection. But my starting point when, when I'm interacting with non-believers is going to be the resurrection. Because it's easier to prove Abraham through the resurrection than it is to prove the resurrection through Abraham. It's, yeah, and pretty much... Paul himself stated that the resurrection is pretty much the central doctrine of our faith, that everything else revolves around the resurrection in the sense that if the resurrection were not true, then the entire uh, foundation of our faith would be nullified. We would be completely hopeless because our entire faith teeters on and resurrection. So I think that proving that central point makes just proving every other doctrine so much easier. Definitely. I'm not saying I hold to this view. Um, It sounds pretty, you know, pretty solid in my opinion. Um, But like I said, I'm I'm not well versed on uh, all of the different opinions. Uh, I just know to share the Bible and probably get people to believe in Jesus. I, I will say this about it. There, there are some people that hold to mere Christianity as apologetics that don't always practice it. Case in point, William Lane Craig is a mere Christianity guy. But when he has debates about if God exists, that's a, that's a big difference. That's a different debate than, uh, than the resurrection of Jesus. So if you say, William Lane Craig says this, well, first of all, if William Lane Craig says it doesn't mean it's true, about mere Christianity, and just because William Lane Craig holds to mere Christianity doesn't mean that he is arguing mere Christianity when he argues. Yeah, that's that's just going to be the ontological argument, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And besides, uh, if people say that, then well, if people say that about mere Christianity, then they should say the same about about Calvinism every time John Piper opens his mouth. Yes. Like, oh yeah, Calvinism is like this because John Piper said John Piper is not John Calvin. John Piper is not the father of Reformed theology. John Piper is one of the most prominent Reformed theologians and pastors of our time, but he's not the be all end all authority mm-hmm. on Reformed theology. But neither is Lane Craig on mere Christianity. Thank you. But if, but if reincarnation is true, then he's probably John Edwards reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, they, pro- yeah, that's probably 
efforts that later realized that post-millennialism probably not the right thing to do. I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here, but maybe like we should accept the fact that after World Wars One and Two, people started abandoning post-mill in droves. Well, well, there's, so. there's like seven post-mill people now, right? Yeah, there's. I think yeah, and they're all led by Jeff Durbin. I want to be post-mill. Yeah, I, I wish we could be post-mill, but. You know, we're having to release national statements to affirm Christian beliefs. We're not headed in a good direction as a world to think that, you know, somehow this is going to be slowly getting better. Right. Mere Christianity, we've discussed that. Now to a little bit uh, more lighthearted topic. Guys, baby dedications. How do you guys feel about baby dedications? You mean baptism, pedo, Baptist, pedo baptisms? <laughs> yeah, ba- Baptist, Baptist, pedo baptism. Yeah, that, that's sort of like the compromise. Though, funny thing is, it's it's practiced more in uh, unreformed Baptist churches than anywhere else. Yeah. So, what's your I take have- on that, Graham? What's so I got a uh, someone said it, um, and I don't again I don't remember who it was, but someone brought up the fact that um, that's what our church does um, at Summit. Um, we do parent dedications, um, which is different. There we're we're dedicating the parents, and we're commissioning, or I guess it's called parent commissioning, but we're commissioning yeah. the parents to be good biblical teachers of their children, which I think is the appropriate and right way to do it. Um, it's not dedicating your baby to. Uh, the church, or uh, just saying, hey, we had this baby, and now we're super happy about it, and we're totally going to um, raise them up the right way. I mean, that, that's kind of, in a sense, uh, what pedo-baptism is. Um, and I don't I don't want to espouse that at all. So I, I much rather uh, prefer the, the parent's dedication um, philosophy, I guess. Yeah. How do you feel, Jr. about it? Uh, baby dedications, I think they're a waste of time. <laughs> well, that, I mean, I mean, tell us how you really feel. I mean, if if we're not, if the baby's not elect, we just wasted a ton of time, didn't we? Like, yeah, we'll raise this kid up the way it might go. No, um, I don't. I'm okay with baby baby dedications. I'm okay with the sentiment of of this is the church, this is the body of Christ, and here is the image bearer, the Imago Dei, you know. Image bearer, you know, bearer of the Imago Day, coming into our midst, and it is our job to show to show communal love to it. And hopefully, the baby will um, accept Christ at some point and be a, a, a full fledged yeah. member of our family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've tried to write down an explanation for a baby dedication, and it sounds so pedo baptistic right now. Like, I would say, no, well, we're welcoming the baby into the covenant. Co- oh, no, that's paid baptism. Well, you're yeah, we're saying so that means you have to, you know, be Presbyterian, right? You have to. It's all or nothing. That's, that's what I've been told by certain Baptists. Yeah. Well, I mean, in dedication, like, if your church prays for sick people, 
Uh, if, if that's sort of like a thing your church does, which our church does, uh, I could just assume that baby dedications would be an extension of that. You know, just praying for the life of a young child. Hardcore pedo baptism. I, I've honestly, I that hardcore pedo baptism and cessationism are compatible. Whoa! Oh wow! Lewis yeah, there. because you want to explain that? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let me explain. Because you are, if, if, if you're a cessationist, you don't believe in prophetic acts, quote-unquote prophetic acts, where you do something to sort of like bring uh, to, to come about, and yet you're baptizing an infant uh, as a part of the, of the federal headship of Christ while he is still under the federal headship of Adam. Therefore, you're basically prophesying over that child that he's going to come under Christ at some point in his life. You are doing, therefore, you are being sort of a continuationist. Shots fired, y'all. Mm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, a, with I, I'm a continuationist, so does that make me a better Baptist? Am I Presbyterian now? You can, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know probably throw me and throw us under a bus i mean i try i try to be a continuationist most of the time but sometimes a facebook video will just pop up and i'll just like be like i wish i could be a cessationist like i sometimes wish it yeah i, I wish that god would stop working in this world too sometimes <laughs> no come on john don't, don't put me on the spot there it's sort, it's sort of like I wish that I could say I'm a continuationist and not be associated with the things that these people are doing. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys a, a video later of a of a, I think a Puerto Rican church up in Connecticut, and it got lit over there, man. Like it got crazy. Well, time out, time out. Let, let's put a pause. We're gonna put a pause on uh, this conversation. And at, Graham, Graham, have you ever been to a real Pentecostal service? Uh, I have. Um, my my family actually uh, grew up Pentecostal until I was um, about eight or nine. Um, and my we still visited on like family reunions where my family goes. Um, so yeah, I my dad took me one time, and he's my father was actually a a, um, a Southern gospel singer for a long time, and so we I traveled with him to some pretty even though. We went to mostly Baptist churches. We actually did go to some Pentecostal churches with Southern okay. gospel music. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've got a, I've got a history, my friends. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, okay. uh, yeah, I've, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. And it, even like as a kid, and as as uh, at the point uh, when I wasn't saved, um, I I was just like, these people are crazy. There's no way this is real Christianity. Yeah, it's mere Christianity. Quick question, because because there's different brands of of Pentecostalism out there. Graham, did somebody ever run through the church hallway? Oh, uh, that would be my aunt's, and uh, her. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't tell the story. Um, my aunt's, uh, we call her Aunt Rock, um, and uh, it's because she was a crackhead, and um, <laughs> you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Welcome to my family. 
y'all y'all i'm from wilson all right that's just that's just how we roll down here um but yeah i went to a pentecostal church with her and she was the one speaking in tongues and running the pews along with some other folks and i just thought they were all crackheads because i was eight um and uh that yeah that that was my first experience and that's all i needed to to see that eh, this is probably not the place for me yeah full disclosure JR and I may or may not have gone through a fire tunnel. I've I have been through a fire tunnel. Yeah, I have been through a fire tunnel too. That was a that that was an experience. Now that I don't know what that is, so if you want to explain that, go for it. Okay, uh, do you, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, you do so it. Fire tunnel. Do they do they play Ring of Fire I, while this is happening? Because I love Johnny Cash. <laughs> no, unfortunately, they don't. They just okay. So, in a in a Pentecostal church, a deacon is a person that is basically does the work of praying for people until they get the Holy Spirit. So what they do is they line up people to form a tunnel, mandatory, and people just start praying fire, fire, fire as people walk through the tunnel. And well, they don't walk through the tunnel so much as take three steps, collapse, and just crawl to the other side. Did somebody do the worm? In, in the spirit. <laughs> kind of, they kind of do. In a sense, they actually do the worm because they're squirming uh, until the end of the fire tunnel, which uh, let's just say my my long walk toward baptistic life started through a fire tunnel. Uh, uh, Luis, this should tell you that fire tunnels work. Yeah. yeah. You started out on one end, not Baptist. You came to on the <laughs> other end of Baptist. You were baptized in baptismal fire. That is what we. That is what we call the ring of fire, folks. <laughs> Amen. It's the circle of life, people. So, so Graham, if me, you, and Luis ever hang out together uh, as 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 a, as a trio, me and Luis will form your very first fire tunnel and let you walk through it. Can I light a cigar, oh, man? But- <laughs> you can do anything in the spirit. Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. You can do all things. <laughs> I will, I will light, a, light a cigar off of your fire tunnel to the glory of God. Yeah, I mean, sit, if you want to smoke your sin sticks, that's okay. Right, that but you'll good. get kicked out of the church for it. Yeah. Okay. So. Ooh, that is. We are at. We're at thirty five minutes now. I think we've covered all four topics, and we've also. Promise Graham a fire tunnel at some point. Is there anything else that we need to cover this week on the Modcast? Yeah, I think we're pretty much good on that. Yeah, I like this. This is just like my official conversion to heresy. I like this. You're welcome. You come, come, come to us by the by the end of this show. We're gonna convert the whole TBR to um, I don't know. It'll be the TBR. There you go. The it's going to be a TPR. Pentecostal review. It's going to be the Pentecostal review. The, the Pentecostal review. Okay. With that said, guys, we will see you next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, download us. Tell us about a friend. If you add someone to the review, remind them to answer all three questions. And we just declined them. <laughs> I enjoyed declining people. Just read the questions. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, Baptist, yes, yes. Yes, Baptist, yes. And, uh, and it's also it's, the name of our band. <laughs> yes, yes, Baptist, yes. And that is how we had a Muslim sneak into the group once, too.
Yep. That's just happened. That's 